Hey, man, I need some good luck after what happened to me last night with the Atlanta Braves and my betting apps. God darn Braves. Hitting the crap out of the ball in the regular season. Didn't do a doodly squat in the postseason. There are some big college football games this weekend. Big ones. Yeah, so I got to try and recoup uh, a few bucks this weekend. So let's bring in our professional handicapper, ncsports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Chris V as in victory, Chris V160. Chris Van Dyne joins us once again. How are you, Chris? I'm good. I like that. V is in victory. Hopefully we get some of those this week. And I, I feel I feel your pain on the Braves because I had the Dodgers the other day. I was like, I don't think they're going to get swept. And, yeah, they, they couldn't hit the ball. It's better no, to be a V. Better to be a V than a P because we don't like the word push. Yeah, okay. Victory over push any right. day of the week. Uh, all right. Yeah, hey, yeah, Chris. Which game? Give us a. We'll get to Ohio State and Purdue here in a second because that's always an interesting one in West Lafayette. Um, but uh, what what games have your attention there at, at ncsports.com this weekend, college wise? I'll tell you what. I'll go to the SEC a game. I really like the underdog in that is LSU and Auburn. Uh, you know LSU's offense has been fantastic this year. They're averaging 549 yards a game. Jaden Daniels has uh, been even better than he was last year. Uh, but their defense has been uh, a little bit uh, well, underwhelming, to say the least. They're giving up 446 yards a game. They're allowing their opponents to put up 53 yards per game more than they average. Their pass D has really struggled, which has been uh, a weakness for Auburn. So this is an opportunity for Auburn to really get their pass game moving. Auburn has a strong defense, though, and they have one thing that I don't think the LSU has seen is two corners that I think are going to end up playing in the NFL in uh, DJ Scott and um, uh, the other kid's name escapes me at the moment. But uh, they're only allowing 323 yards a game. They're holding their opponents 84 yards per game below their average, only allowing 194 pass yards per game. We saw a couple weeks ago they held uh, Georgia to 420 yards and only lost that game to Georgia by seven points. I think this is an opportunity for Auburn uh, to keep this game closer than expected. And every angle that we looked at for this game uh, pointed to uh, uh, Auburn. Not only is has Auburn covered the last four games, they actually led this game 17 nothing last year before blowing the lead and losing by four points, but they were 17.5-point underdog. They've covered the last four in the series. The visitor has covered eight of the last nine. The uh, underdog has covered seven straight in the series. And uh, 13 of the last 19 meetings have been decided by double uh, by single digits. And this game is Auburn plus 11, 11 and a half. So uh, if that holds true, then, you know, that single digit line would uh, would have the underdog covering. I think Auburn has the defense that keeps us closer than expected. And I wonder how much LSU has left in the tank. Auburn's fresh mm-hmm. off a of bye while LSU just had a big game against Missouri that was, you know, they, they ended up winning that game by 10, but that was swung on a late pick six. That was really a close game that was very much in doubt until the very last minutes. Uh, and Missouri, they, they lost by six, 55 to 49, and they beat Arkansas the week before, 34-31. So three straight weeks of close games for LSU, and now they're a, a double-digit favorite against a, a, a U-freeze-coached Auburn team that I think that is better than people realize, especially on defense. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett's that cornerback's name that I was that was escaping me at the time, but uh, both corners they have are long, talented kids that that are going to be uh, able to limit that LSU pass game. And Jaden Daniels only threw 
for 80 yards against them last year. Chris, obviously the big story in college football this year is Colorado and the Pac-12. Last year, the Pac-12, to, to make matters even worse, and they might be balling over there. And you've got some big games in the Pac-12 this week, including USC goes to Notre Dame, and you've got Oregon and Washington, number eight versus number seven. But I want to go to that Notre Dame game because we're, we're big Buckeye fans here, and now that Ohio State beats that team and they lose again, we look at that game a little bit differently and wonder, is Notre Dame any good, and are they still favored for a night game at home against USC? You know, I, I definitely think Notre Dame is a good football team. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they, they had Ohio State on the ropes, had them beat until the last minute. Uh, the week, a week later, they go to a fired-up Duke team, mm-hmm. and they pull out a win. Uh, hostile environment for, for what you expect from Duke. Uh, game day was on hand. And then last week they played an undefeated Louisville team that was that was hyped up for that game. I just think Notre Dame ran out of gas. I think that three straight big games, they just ran out of gas on the road. You know, they weren't as physical as they normally are. But I still think this is a very good team. And now they're back at home off their second loss. USC, while, you know, they have a, uh, Caleb Williams, who, who is very difficult to play against the quarterback, he, you know, he, it does not feel like uh, you're ever comfortable. You know, Notre Dame could be up 21 in this game in the first quarter, and I would not feel comfortable if they're going to win or cover. So you're going to have to play this one throughout until the clock strikes zero. But USC's defense also allows you in any game. They're giving up 421 yards a game. Last week they gave up 506 yards to Arizona. The week before they gave up 564 to Colorado. They're allowing a hundred. Uh, they're allowing 66 yards per game more than their opponents' average. That's 122nd in the country. So USC's defense does have some problems. They can definitely be beaten on the ground and through the air. Notre Dame will be physical. Try to keep the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands. So this is going to be a very good game. I, I, I lean Notre Dame, but you know Caleb Williams being on the other sideline does make me hesitant. Is it more towards over-under in this game then with the, the lack of defense? Do you, do you lean more towards the over in this game? Uh, no, only because my, my thought is that Notre Dame will try really hard to have long, sustained drives and, okay. and burn a lot of clock and keep the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands. I think if I, if I had to choose a play in this game, I would take Notre Dame before I'd use the total. And at less than three, I think Notre Dame probably would be the play. Happy to have with us Chris Van Dyne, ncsports.com. Follow him on Twitter at ChrisV160. For people out there listening, Chris, uh, want more information because information is key uh, now that gambling is legal at Bushwood and in the Buckeye State. uh, Where can they get more information? Absolutely. Go to ncsports.com. You can also call 1-800-654-3448. We have our Power Sweep newsletter up. You can actually get Power Sweep online this week for free on ncsports.com. And the great thing is we have our NFL Game of the Month going this week. So if, if you feel like just going in for that one big game, go to ncsports.com. You can purchase that one big play, the NFL Game of the Month. Last month we, we pulled out a winner uh, fairly easily on Chicago versus Denver over, playing against that bad Denver's defense. And we're actually 4-0 and on our big plays this year, including our college side, our college total, our FCS game of the month, and our NFL game of the month. So we're starting October with this one. 
NFL game of the month this weekend. All right, let's turn our attention to Ohio State and Purdue real quick. Uh, we see the numbers. Ohio State, for whatever reason, Chris, they struggle when they play in West Lafayette, right? Lost the last time they were there in 2018. Yes, there was an emotional tie to it uh, with that uh, uh, young kid who, who was battling cancer and everything, and Purdue pulled it out. Um, but even without an emotional tie, the Buckeyes seem to struggle there. Uh, well, what do you see in the, in the Buckeyes? Have you figured them out yet? Do you have a good feel for them yet or no? I don't think anyone does because, I mean, even last week you look at how they played against Maryland. And granted, they end up winning by 20 and they covered. They're, that that, that score is a lie. <laughs> that right. score is an absolute lie. It was, uh, you know, 20 to 17 Maryland in the third quarter. Actually, start of the, uh, I'm sorry, 20 to 17 Ohio State in the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Maryland was leading at halftime. Ohio State pulled away because of a, a couple turnovers and late touchdowns. So, you know, that, that, that didn't, wasn't the performance that I wanted to see from Ohio state last week, but you know, this is a, still a talented Buckeyes team and it's hard to play against them. You know, Purdue, like you said, the, the, the trips to, to West Lafayette have not gone well for them. I, I don't know how much that factors into this game, just because this is a different Purdue team, but different Purdue coaching staff. They haven't played here in quite a while. It was a, a 2018, I think, was the last trip. Um, so I, I don't really factor that in too much. But we're right at the line. I, I will say Ohio State has, you know, the, the, a lot of people are going to point to the look-ahead spot for Ohio State because they have uh, Penn State on deck. But they have yeah. the last six games when they have Penn State on deck. So the last six times they've had Penn State on deck, they're 6-0 straight up, 5-1 against the spread, and average 41 point per game win. So they haven't haven't struggled in those look-ahead spots with Penn State on deck in the past. I don't expect them to do do that here, but I'm also not confident because of last week that they're going to really get distance on Purdue. So we had the line at 20. We're going to stay away from this one. All right, fair enough. Uh, Let's turn our attention to uh, a game that I jumped on earlier in the week, and and I teased it. Okay, Chris, Um, I I teased uh, the point spread down to four points, uh, San Fran giving four, um, and I teased the over-under up to 44 and took the under on this, right? So I've got San Fran minus four, and I'm taking the under at 44. Uh, Your thoughts on this game now that we know for sure that Deshaun Watson will not play, and that line got up to as high as 10.5 this morning. Well, I have to say that the, the smart play on this game was the play a couple of weeks ago before we knew that Deshaun Watson was going to be hurt. Uh, my buddy Brian sits next to me in the office. He, he, uh, he's a Browns fan, but, you know, he, he thought that this was going to be a tough spot for the 49ers, or for, for the Browns a few weeks ago. So he placed a bet at minus three wow. at an early line. And okay. now they're, they've actually tried to buy him out of that by offering him a cash out that's worth more than his bet. So, uh, you know, he, he obviously made the right bet early. And I, th- I think even at this point with the line moving up, I, I still think San Francisco's the play. Uh, obviously the line's moved way up, but we still had San Francisco by 13. The Browns uh, failed to cover seven of the last eight off their bye week. And the 49ers just look like, you know, they're the best team in the NFL this year. 42-10 win last week against Dallas, and now you have P.J. Walker starting a quarterback for, for the Browns. Doesn't look good for the offense. Also looking at the under, which uh, you, you got to wonder, how much is Cleveland even going to score this week? Mm-hmm. You think the defense maybe gets the touchdown and the offense just two field 
I think about 13 points is my projection on that. Yeah, the only problem is Brock Purdy's not really a turnover guy, so I, I don't know true. where those turnovers going to come from. And if the if the 49ers get a lead, then you know they're going to run the ball way more than than they would if it was a close game. So it's going to be hard to force those turnovers. So I, I don't know that the Browns are going to have the opportunities for those turnovers necessarily. So you know, I, I honestly I, I think the the most I can see Cleveland scoring is ten points with Walker at quarterback, especially on such short term. And uh, San Francisco, but the, but the Browns defense is good enough to limit San Francisco's offense. They have a great run defense, and San Francisco obviously is built around Christian McCaffrey. So if Cleveland, you know, the, the one thing they could do is play good enough defense to make this a field goal game. And, you know, I think that's what you're, they're going to try to do. They're holding opponents 117 yards per game below their average, only giving up 72 rushing yards a game. So that that's the one thing they, they may be able to pull off and keep this game close into the fourth quarter and see if they can, you know, maybe get that in that situation, force a turnover to win the game. All right, Chris, we always appreciate the time and the insight. Great stuff, as always. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk to you again next Friday, all right? Absolutely. I always appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you.